want to spend just a few moments continuing uh, to talk about the idea of, of hope and how we can have hope in a challenging time as this. Let's, let's face it, a lot changed in a matter of days, didn't it? Um, just think of what was happening two days ago, three days ago, a week ago. And we had an inkling, an idea that these kinds of changes might be coming and still there was a lot of last minute scrambling to be ready. So much has changed in the last few days. It, it can make you long for the good old days, doesn't it? Uh, the problem is that the good old days, when we think about them, actually have a nostalgia bias. Uh, we forget the bad and we remember the good. They, uh, uh, study was done and released in 2013 that talked about this, this bias of nostalgia, where a question was asked about TV shows and movies. And people were asked, do you prefer a movie or a TV show from their past or something that's currently available in the present? And which one do you like better? And the consistent response from every person was that the shows and films of the past were better. They were better rated, they had higher quality, they were funnier, they were more intense, they were more thrilling, they were more engaging. It's interesting that um, we often forget the era that some of those movies and television shows came from. We remember the good and we forget the bad. And Christians do this too, even with Christian things. We long for the good old Christian days when things were good, better than they are today. Sometimes that shows up as a nostalgia for a kind of a church experience, you know, meeting in a certain kind of building with a certain kind of seat, with a certain kind of music, with a certain kind of crowd. Um, well, all of that got shattered this week, didn't it? Some people, some scholars I know, some uh, Christians that I really admire actually have a nostalgia for the really early days of, of, of church, um, the New Testament church, you know, that the idea that that was when, you know, we could see the church really having their act together, uh, no pun intended, because we see all those stories in the book of Acts, but that we long for those kinds of days when everyone was coming together and supporting one another. And that's the way the church should be. And I long for those kinds of days, even though I'm just reading about them and I wasn't there. There's nothing wrong with those kinds of days. But scripture is pretty clear that we actually have an incredible, enormous privilege as Christians right today, even though we are facing some pretty significant challenges. Let me show you what I mean. We see in uh, 1 Peter, uh, these verses, it's in 1 Peter 1, uh, verse 10. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you, searched intently, the prophets searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. I need the second verse. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. 
when they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Even angels long to look at these things. That's an amazing set of verses. Last week, we learned that Jesus is our living hope, and he's our living hope because he's bookend our lives from providing for our past through his death and resurrection and providing for our future in an inheritance that will never perish, spoil, or fade. He has provided for our present. He's provided for our past. He's provided for our future. That means he is meeting our needs right now in this moment. And the amazing thing about that is that we live in a time when knowing that reality has never been easier. We live in a privileged time frame. There was a time in history when knowing Jesus like we do would have been impossible. And the prophets, that's what they were talking about. That's what they were referring to. They were writing about a suffering Messiah, not knowing who it would be, when he would come, and how it would all work out. And the spirit came to those prophets and said, you're doing this for future generations so that they will understand. So we know historically that there's been no greater time to know the reality of Jesus like we have today. And cosmologically, Peter throws in this line at the very end of those two verses and says, you know what? Even angels long to know what you know. They long to see what you see. They long to experience what you experience. And what he's referring to is that you and I, because our past has been dealt with, our future is secure, and we have this reality in the presence of the indwelling spirit of Christ in us, the same spirit that helped the prophets write what they were writing in books like Isaiah, in books like Malachi, in books like Haggai. That same spirit is now indwelling in us. We don't have to go to a priest. We don't have to go to a building to hear from God. The Holy Spirit lives in you as a believer, as a Christ follower. And that changes everything. That's God's brand new way of relating with people around the world who put their faith in Jesus Christ. And that changes everything. And that's a great time in history, Peter says. They know the truth in a new way because the Holy Spirit's in them teaching them what the prophets had learned from the Holy Spirit so long ago and had written down, who longed to experience what you and I are able to experience. And angels long to know God that way too. Prophets know it. The angels know it. Do we know it? Do we have that same kind of understanding? I, I, I get it. That's hard to feel sometimes, isn't it? especially in a time like today when we're not even able to gather together. We're not even able to see each other in person. We're here online. You and I, we're sitting on a gold mine. We have an enormous privilege today. We may not know it. We may not feel it. But the reality of the Holy Spirit indwelling in us, the living Spirit of Christ living in us, makes us a privileged people living at a privileged time. This is a privileged time to be alive. Think about it. Think about the the scope of history. There was a time in history when worship could only happen in a temple. And now it doesn't have to happen in a temple 
or any building. It happens in spirit and in truth. So we're able to gather on a platform like Facebook, which doesn't exactly always say the truth from what people are posting. And we're able to meet together in spirit and in truth just through this online medium. Who would have thought that that would have been able to be possible even 20 years ago, 30 years ago? It was unthought of. We live in a privileged time. There was a time when we would have to sacrifice animals regularly for our sin. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine coming to church when we're able to meet and every Sunday somebody dragging out an animal and slaughtering it live for us? Can you imagine the smell of blood, the, the smell of the, the animal, the burnt sacrifice, all of that? We don't need to do that. We don't need to have all that song and dance, so to speak, all that song and sacrifice, because that sacrifice has been paid. There was a time in history when clergy, people like me, told people that if they fought in a war, that God would save them. No wonder we called those the dark ages, because there were clergy who would come and say, here's the truth, and people would just believe them because they had no way of knowing the truth for themselves. They could only believe what they were told. And there was a time that that came from that we trusted other people who could read, who could read the scriptures, that they would tell us what they actually said. And now we live in a time where not only we have the scriptures, but we have uh, uh, resources and some of the best theological minds available to us at the click of a mouse, at the, at the end of a Google search where we can find answers for what we are looking for. We have never lived in a greater time than this because we live in a time when we can virtually access the truth of God and amplify what the Holy Spirit is saying to us from any, anywhere. We can do it on our phones. We can re, uh, listen to research from scholars. We can listen to sermons and podcasts. We can, listen to, we can listen to Christian music on the radio. We can go to our church's website and say, hey, here's the songs that we were planning on singing this week, and we can sing along to them all week. We can travel to any part of the world with that message in a matter of hours. We can virtually be there in milliseconds. The point is this. Peter was saying to the folks who felt like they had been cut off, that they actually lived in the best time because they now had access to God directly through the Holy Spirit. And we have that same access. We now live in a privileged time because we have access. And that access has actually amplified because we are now able to have a global conversation without, well, leaving the comforts of our own home. In these days, it's going to be easy to grumble for the good old days. When life was easy, when life was comfortable, and we had a routine. But this time that we're in right now, church, this time of distancing, of separation, you know what it's doing? It's shattering worldviews that are false. It's revealing idols to us where we had put our hope, where we had put our faith, where we had put our trust. We've misplaced that. And it's time 
for us as Christ followers to remember that our hope is not in our North American comforts. It's not in the Western world's ability to provide for itself, but it's in Christ. That we live in a privileged time because we can know the hope of Jesus. We can know it personally, and we have access to knowing that hope like no other generation has had before. And what that means is the privilege of living today for Jesus should result in and be proven in our gratitude for Jesus. So let's be grateful for what we have. This is the greatest time to know our hope and share our hope. And as Dr. Stumbo said, let's rise, church. Let's know our hope. And let's prove our hope to a world that desperately needs it. Let's close in prayer, shall we? Jesus, thank you for the prophets who wrote and investigated and sought you to know all about this suffering Messiah that would come. They longed to know you. Lord, for the angels who long to know you the way we know you. And now we have that opportunity because the Holy Spirit resides in us, teaching us, amplifying the truth, guiding us, giving us a relationship with you. We don't have to go through a proxy to know you. What a privileged time in which we live. And what a time in which we live, God, where we can meet online like this, where we can encourage one another, where we can pray for one another, where we can challenge one another, where we can hear from your word, and then we can take what we've heard and we can apply it ourselves. We can read it ourselves. We can research it ourselves. And we can do what you're asking us to do. What a privileged time in which we live. Lord, may we not waste it. Lord, would you, would you help us to trust in your hope? And would you help us to prove that that is our hope to a world that even now is having their worldviews challenged, shaped, reshaped, and broken? May we live and may we know this week how you are indeed our living hope. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.